0: Today at Real Ghost Stories Online, who is the spirit lingering in the doorway late one night?
1: Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802. Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown. Possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it
0: is 855 853 4802, the phone number. Call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Share your real ghost story with us. If you uh, like the program, we'd uh, really appreciate you becoming an EPP, an extra podcast person. And with that, you get exactly what that says extra podcast. You get uh, extra episodes of real ghost stories online every single week, exclusively for EPP members. You get access to the archive, which is literally the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Uh, our ebook, our audiobook, there's exclusive video content there. There's a ton of stuff uh, there. Please check it out ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash. Real ghost stories, maybe make it an early Christmas gift to yourself. Uh, because this is airing on November 1st, so we're, I guess, officially into the holiday season now or something. Is that uh, right? Uh, Todd's with me today,
2: mind blown on that one. I mean, do you do I like do you start Christmas shopping early or are you kind of like yeah. me? You wait till the last minute to do it to do all that stuff.
0: I wait till usually the last couple weeks for a lot of things i don't know it just kind of depends i've done years where i've just like done the black friday thing online i've never gone out to black friday but i've done it online and i've i've bought like everything that night one year or a couple years actually um i don't know it just kind of depends you know what what i'm doing i don't know i i'm 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 never like oh my gosh they're not going to have a present or something but um no kind of sporadically through december We are still
2: close enough to Halloween. I've got two words for you, and it is Ryanzi Cemetery. Who do you got? Ryanzi Cemetery. Yeah,
0: yeah. What about? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I
2: I am really excited because this weekend I'm going there and planning kind of an outing for an entire day and early evening Mm. to check it out. Now, I had some questions for you because I know you're very well versed in this cemetery. Yes. This is a place I used to hang out. So there is this uh, receiving vault, which I have pictures of. Mm -hmm. What's a receiving vault? Is that where they would bring like the bodies and stuff before they were buried
0: or what? It was primarily used in the winter months uh, where they couldn't dig into the ground. So they would basically stack them up in there. I mean, it could be used for backup, you know, other places and times too, but the main purpose was for winter, um, they could store them in the receiving vault, and then once it thawed, they could dig, and then there you go, so.
2: Okay, well that makes sense, but it's still very kind of creepy.
0: It is the creepiest thing I've ever seen, like, in terms of architecture, and that's what I used to love, I since I was like I was always wanting to go to the receiving vault and just look at it and try and like peek through the window. And, and there was another building in that cemetery too. That's gone now. It was a, a maintenance shed, but it was like underground. It was built like literally into the earth and it was big. And there were just these weird, you know, little um, uh, concrete stair tunnels that just kind of went down and then into this building that was in the, to the ground Um, and then the, the bars on the windows and it was just always kind of leaf covered. So it almost looked like it was, you know, camouflaging like the secret building. It was just so weird. Anyway,
2: I actually got, I received video over the weekend of the inside of the uh, receiving vault and that's what, why I'm really excited about that. But then did you know about the witch's circle lore there and stuff? No. There's apparently a mass grave for excommunicated nuns at that cemetery and they call it the Witch's circle. Oh no shit. No, I didn't.
0: No, yeah. okay. I, I don't think I know where the nuns are buried, but they're not excommunicated nuns. Okay. There's apparently a section of communicated nuns. Okay,
2: so there- and then and then there are some that are in the back. Yeah. The very backside
0: that are supposedly excommunicated. No shit. Okay. I um If these are the the markers are gone now, Um, they may just have little plaques, but I don't know. Um, When I was a kid, I used to I used to enter the woods right there. So I'd be coming up from right behind. (laughs) I'm coming up right behind the nuns. Uh, (laughs) And I literally I I walked through and they were constantly getting vandalized. They had it was like eight crosses that were um, I don't know what granite or something. Um, But they were really old. And then there was a lot of vandalism going on there at the time. And after a while, all the crosses were broken and just kind of like laying on the ground. It was the creepiest thing to walk into. And uh, then eventually they took all that down. And I don't know if they still have them marked. I I, I got to check it out. I'm so excited about this for
2: For whatever reason. I'm not somebody who believes in going and investigating cemeteries yeah. for, for spirit activity. But I've just really gotten into them. I love the history of them. I like the architecture, yeah. like you were saying, of the buildings. And I have it's been years since I've been there. We filmed there one evening for Uh-oh. the uh, haunted state movie or TV show or something. Yeah. And we got locked in because the gates close <laughs> automatically at eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So so here we are climbing over the the fences late at night, you know, waiting for the cops to show up. And then all the footage from the cemetery got lost. They lost all of the footage. How? Like the SD cards were bad? Somebody or? somebody did not take out the footage from the camera. When the camera was returned, the footage was returned with the camera and then oh, it was gone.
0: God. <laughs> that so we, got, oh. we had footage
2: that we lost from there and the Octagon house and all this sorts of stuff. Yeah. So it's been years since I've been there. I just can't wait to get back.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that was my playground it's totally you want to go
2: it makes so much sense that was your playground it
0: was it literally was my playground i would ride my bike there all the time i'd go hiking there all the time i spent a good chunk of my childhood there it was like i went to the cemetery and then i found the radio station and i stopped going back to the cemetery (laughs) but uh prior to that i would be hanging out at that cemetery
2: That is so cool. I can't wait to go there this weekend. So,
0: yeah, check that out and uh, send uh, post pictures on like the group page or something if you would. I will. Definitely cool. All right, uh, let's go to our first uh, story of the day. It says, to start off, I would not consider me or anyone in my family to be a psychic or a medium of any sort. But I do believe that at least some of us do have a sensitivity to the paranormal. As far back as the stories I've been told have gone, my mother's side of the family has a lot of instances of precognitive dreaming hearing our names being called when no one has called us or when there's no one in the house and having a way to manifest certain situations. For instance, I've recently been practicing magic, mostly in the way of uh, divination through uh, tarot cards, and I've been told that I have a knack for it. Since beginning my journey, I've been drawn to Hike, the goddess of magic, spirits and divination. And one night, Bless my space in her name with a mugwort and sage smudging stick for protection. Not ten minutes later, my mother comes to open my door to talk to me about something, and as soon as she did, her moon pendant fell off her necklace and into my room. The moon is one of Hecate's symbols, most notably in the triple moon formation, signifying the maiden, the mother, and the elderly woman. Another instance is that my mother's side of the family... Also, it's a pattern of our grandmothers frequently visiting us in our dreams after they've passed. My mom sees her grandmother every now and then, and I'm sure my grandmother has seen her uh, grandmother as well. Unfortunately, my grandmother on my dad's side died a few years ago. And true to my family's pattern, I began seeing her more often after her passing. Very often, it involved us taking in some of our favorite spots around town and me telling her how much I miss her. What makes this odd, however... Is that we see our grandfathers much less often than our grandmothers. As much as I love the paranormal, I'm also one of those people that does not think situations that are like the two above cannot be coincidences or our brains randomly missing our loved ones while we sleep. But other times they just fit the paranormal mold a little too well to not mean something. On the actual story part of my message I've only had one paranormal encounter That I know of And while short Hence the general introduction of myself And my family That gave up that, that, that gave to fill up space It was still eerie One day I happened to be talking to my mom in her room The way the room is set up You walk through the doorway That's in the bottom right corner of her room and her bed is on the opposite end of the top left. My mom was lying in her bed facing me, and I was facing her with my back directly to the doorway. While we were talking, we did touch on our great-aunt that had passed as well as my mom's dad who had passed. It was a couple of months apart that year. Maybe a few minutes after we'd gone on to a new subject, I suddenly got this weird tight feeling in my back as if I could sense that someone had just walked in but the only other person that could have been at that time was my brother, who was not home. It also was not our dog, because she was on my bed as well with my mom. I did not really give it much thought until a moment later, when I got the feeling again, and this time with a sense to turn around. I finally gave in to the urge, gave a quick glance towards the door, and happened to see the last little bit of a shadow walk past the doorway. It did not really register in my brain what happened, Until about a minute later, when my mom suddenly asked, Did you see it too? I replied and told her that I got a weird feeling to turn around. And that's when she told me that at the same time I turned around, not only did she get a sense to turn her head and look out to the hallway, but the dog also perked up and looked at the doorway too. We're fairly sure it was her father, considering we weren't too close to the aunt that had passed. The shadow blip was more towards my grandfather's height. It was a weird sensation to have it, but I'm glad that her, and inadvertently the dog, confirmed what I had witnessed. I've always been fascinated by ghosts and witches ever since I was a kid. I remember falling asleep to the older ghost-hunting shows and the even older Haunted New Orleans and other such documentaries that always had the same creepy, monotone narrator when I was younger. I still basically consume any media consisting of those two topics— So I was excited to find your podcast to binge. I need something to listen to while I clean or on my way to and from work. Thanks, you guys. Hopefully I'll have more paranormal tales to tell in the future, preferably of the positive kind. I like the dark ones, too. I like I'm just I'm going to be more honest. I that's those are my favorite. The scary dark. So I don't have to be positive. Just saying. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Just saying.
2: So. You know, the question was why Why they, you know, she mentioned that they don't see their grandfathers that often. I think sometimes when there's a connection between mothers and grandmothers and granddaughters, that's a connection that sometimes, especially if there's Wicca involved or witchcraft involved, it just seems to go a little bit deeper. And that may be why if they are having actual visitations and stuff like that, maybe that's why their grandmothers hang out a little bit more often because there's a connection there mm-hmm. that they probably don't have with their
0: grandfather. That makes sense. Yeah, because it it seems like this this connection here uh, in this story, it it just sounds like everybody is very, very well connected in this family. And it's all just kind of accepted like, yep, this is just kind of how it works. Does it help when it's when you think everybody is kind of on the same page and you don't have some like that's BS and it's more of a, a, a congenial thinking family?
2: I think so. And I also think that, again, going back to the like the, the females in the family kind of having this connection, I think that if it is passed on from generation to generation, you may have had a great grandmother who was a little bit more open and kind of woo woo. And she may have passed that on to her daughter either directly or inadvertently. And it just kind of goes down the chain and that connection is is automatically made. So
0: now when you say a little more woo woo, are you referring to uh, as in like Midnight Train to Georgia She's got to go. She's got to go.
2: <laughs> woo. Woo. No, I, I'm, I'm talking more like the metaphysical kind oh, of stuff. okay. I get you. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally different. Just want to make sure because there's two <laughs> possible woo-woos. Uh, <laughs> Not to most people, only to you. <laughs> only to me. That's how my brain works. It's like, woo, look, oh yeah, Gladys Knight and the Pips. The Pips, how can I, how can I make, a joke, make a joke about that? That's that's how my brain goes. All right, uh, let's go to our next uh, caller, 855-853-4802, our number. Here you go. Let's hear you. Hi, Tony. Um,
3: my name is Courtney, and I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for 17 years. Um, I've had several experiences, some good, some bad, um, but I'm going to discuss the kind of first experience that I've had with a paranormal outside of of my personal life. I I am very sensitive, and I've sensed things in the past, um, and I have many stories, so if you'd like to hear any more, I would be more than happy to call back. But this story is related to my job as a nurse. I had been a nurse for about a year and a half, and I worked on a regular uh, floor at the time. Um, And I had, you know, six patients. I worked nights, and I had this one patient, um, an older older lady who was passing away. And she was in a room that was all the way down the end of our west hallway on the right-hand side and it's what we call a isolation room. So it has an anti-room, which is the room in front of it, and then the, the room, you go into that, and then the patient's room is through another door, and it's for patients in isolation for tuberculosis or measles or any airborne uh, type uh, uh, infection. She didn't have any of that, but that was the room that she was in at the time. The hard thing about this room is unless you go all the way into the anteroom and turn slightly to the right, you can't see the patient's bed from the uh, hallway uh, uh, door, and there was a glass window on on that door. So you had to go all the way in to see it. So I'd gone in, and I had, you know, went in to introduce myself to the family, and I went into this room, and there was no family. And... I was really kind of puzzled and she's laying there obviously comfortable. We've given her some medicines to keep her comfortable Um, and so I stepped out and I went to my charge nurse and said hey, there's no family or anybody for this patient in this room and she said oh yes, she has three kids Um, they said she was a horrible human being in life terrible, terrible person, super abusive, just a dark human being no one loved her anymore no one liked her she had no friends and they don't care that she dies it couldn't happen quick enough and so just call them when it's over and then call this company that will come pick her up and cremate her for a um, like really low price it was kind of what we we had for you know there was no service there were no memorial there was none of that they just wanted her dead and gone And so that made me feel kind of sad because, you know, I was still very young and I knew people like that existed out there, but I just never really felt it and experienced it. And I try to be with folks at the end of life because that's really, really important. I think having support and love around them um, helps them maybe pass a little bit more peacefully and easier. So I kind of stilled myself and said, wow, that's really terrible. Went on with my night. And then at about two thirty, three 3 o'clock in the morning, my telemetry tech, the person who watched the EKG, said, hey, your patient in that room, um, her heart rate has stopped. Like, she no longer has a heartbeat. And so, can you go check on her? So, I said, sure. I finished up what I was doing. And I went down the end of that hallway. And I walked into the ante room, and I suddenly was hit with this wall of just Sorrow, pain, like physical agony in my body, cold chills, hot flush, like all of these feelings all at one time. And I was like, it was like walking into a noxious fog. And I was just kind of not thinking anything of it. Um, And I walked forward and I turned slightly right. Sorry, it makes me kind of freaked out thinking about this again. But um, I looked straight ahead once I turned slightly right and some of the lights in the room were on so it wasn't completely dark. And in the on the left hand side of her bed toward at the head of the bed, there was a huge tall, 10 foot tall black hooded figure and it was leaning down over her, head of her bed down onto her like reaching and I kind of say it's like you know if you're if you were taking your hands to do like a diamond push-up kind of close in proximity like that reaching down towards her and I immediately freak out turn heel and run out of there I noped out of there so fast because it was horrifying and I run down to the end of the hall and I get my charge nurse and I said, "Oh my gosh, there's something in her room." And she said, "What are you talking about?" And I'm I'm pale, I'm sweaty. I'm on the verge of tears, like I am right now, <laughs> and I said something's in her room. I, I, it was it was like a demon or something, and and my charge nurse said, "Oh, I totally believe you. You know, people that are evil and things like that. I bet you a demon came from hell or one of the devil's minions came to literally retrieve her soul." And I got cold chills everywhere. I was freaking out. I said, I am not going in that room alone. I need people to come with me. So the charge nurse, you know, her secretary at the time said, okay, we'll go with you. And they were both very, very religious, which I'm not as uber religious, but I have spiritual beliefs. And so she's like, we just need to pray that we're going to be protected. So say protection prayers about you, however you need to say it, like, you know, limiting entry or exit of anything into your body kind of a thing. So we're going down the hallway and we're whispering quietly while turning on the lights and closing all the other patient doors so we don't disturb them because we need some light to see what's going on. And I get we get down to that room and you know we're saying these prayers of protection you know don't let anything touch me nothing's allowed into me please give us me strength to get through this and clear anything from evil from from this building and so the all gets to the door and we kind of take a deep breath and we walk in and we turn on the anteroom light because it's a big room and we all take a breath again and turn towards the right to look at her bed and there's nothing in there just her laying in in the bed and obviously deceased. um and she said oh thank god it's it's taken whatever it wanted to take and it has left us in in peace and my charge nurse went over and said some prayers over her and i'm quietly saying some protection prayers on myself and just feeling like super scared um, but better, like that oppressive feeling was gone. We pronounced the patient, then notified the family, etc., and then that's the end of the story. But it still causes me to have a visceral reaction just thinking about it, and I don't know if I explained it well enough or if I rambled. So if I did, I'm sorry. I do have lots of other stories, so if you'd like to hear them, um, I would be more than happy to uh, tell them. So thank you guys so much. And I really enjoy your podcast and I hope you enjoy my story. Thanks.
0: Thank you for sharing that with us. Lots to unpack in that one.
2: Yeah. I mean, from uh, the fact that she was a nurse and had seen plenty of death, but also had her own experiences outside the workplace. And I don't remember if you and I had talked about, um, you know, hospice situations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's so many stories of people who, especially people who have worked in hospice and have been with people who are dying. Yeah. Like the last couple of days, there's like a set way people pass. Mm -hmm. You know, certain things happen in a certain way. And I even remember the stories of the uh, the hospice nurse that was with my mother when she passed away and the story she told me afterward. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really weird situation. And I tend to believe this woman when she says she saw something in that room. I really oh, yeah. do. I, I think it's totally possible.
0: Yeah, I, I do too. And, and the, those are some of the most interesting stories. And I think there's a whole like, there there's like, you know, you're... Your clinical guidebook, I'm sure that the, uh, you know, the whatever practice it is, uh, you know, has as you, as you enter the job, but then there's this whole other just verbal guidebook from everyone else that's been working in this building as to what goes on there on a regular basis that you're not going to find in that guidebook. Right. You you got, you
2: got the science side of it that says this, 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 and this, and then it's the actual experience of the, the human experience of walking into somebody's room as they're passing away. I mean, yeah.
0: Totally off the charts. Yeah. That it's yeah. The, the stories of that are always so fascinating. Uh, let's get another one more caller in here today. 855-853-4802. Hi. Let's hear you.
1: Hiya, Tony. It's Maria. Um, so I was listening to today's episode and to my pleasant surprise, you had played my story about my son and, uh, seeing the devil watching him sleep at night. And, um, and my son's nighttime friend. So I'm going to add on to that about my son's nighttime friend. Um, yeah, I would, after that first time that my husband and I discovered my son playing alone on the, in his room in the middle of the night. Um, that, That was the first time that we knew about the nighttime friend. After that, I found him countless times after that, playing with his nighttime friend, to the point where I had to sit him down and discuss with him, like, you can't be up all night on a school night playing with your nighttime friend And I also had to explain to him that his nighttime friend might not be who they say they are, or, you know, may not be who they really are. They may not even be real, like, it might just be an imaginary friend. Um, But, no, my son said that his nighttime friend's name was Rusty. And he was a little boy, and... He wore weird, different, older clothes, but he liked playing with Liam's race cars. Um, so, and, and Rusty comes along, actually, he comes through a spirit board, um, that we, as in like my friends and, uh, husband and I, (laughs) that we had played with at one point. Um because of the nighttime friend stuff. And not just because of that, there was so much other stuff going on in the house. So we were just like trying to figure out and, and come down. All in all, the spirit board always makes things worse. So like stupidity on my part. Um, but yeah, that, so that was Rusty and my son's nighttime friend. And, um, I believe, you know, my son had told my mom that the devil watches him sleep at night. (sighs) Excuse me. I'm tired myself. My son would be so tired all day long from either playing with his nighttime friend, and for the longest time, I always thought it was just that to when he stopped playing with his nighttime friend. I eventually found out that my son um, had told my mom that the devil watches me sleep at night. And when we heard that, we were like out of that house. We hacked our stuff and we left. Like we did not, there was not another night. I sent my son to his, um, to his grandma's house, my mom's house. And, uh, and we all moved in with my mother after you know he said, after he said that, um, yeah, because i I don't I don't know if it was really the devil. I don't know if it was um his nighttime friend like mad at him for not playing with him anymore. I don't know what the hell this thing was, but I, it was not nice. I'll tell you that. Um, especially if it's keeping my son, my five-year-old little ginger boy awake at all hours of the night by watching him. So yeah, that's, uh, that's to answer some of your questions, you know, about my son and his nighttime friend. Oh, and that Damien thing you, Tony, you said, um. Oh, and she said her son's name was Damien, right? And it was a joke, but oh my God, I laughed because when my parents named me, if I was a boy, my name was to be Damien. And so I actually wanted to name my son Damien, but uh, me and his father did not see eye to eye on that name. He didn't like it. And honestly, I think Damien would be really creepy on a little, like, redheaded, like, straight-up ginger. My son is a straight-up ginger, okay? He is the cutest ginger in the world. But still, the red hair, the blue eyes, like, gorgeous. So if that was named Damien, we'd all be in trouble. I think he'd be keeping... His nighttime friend awake um, by watching him sleep at night. <laughs> All right. I hope that was a little, uh, a good little fill in of back information. We've seen the lady going up the stairs. I've seen this little thing scurry across my uh, dirt floor cellar in this house. Um, That little thing grows coming out of the cellar. I have more stories. I'm like trying to tell them in best order as possible. Um, So yeah, we got the lady. We got the beast. We got Rusty. We finally met Rusty. We got, um, we got, what was next? I don't know who's next, but we'll get there. Thank you so much for your show.
0: Uh, it's almost kind of like there is, you could have a, a theme song uh, for, with the, all the names on it or something. <laughs> like Adam's family-ish, you know? I was I actually
2: remember that story. I think it was one of the ones that I was on, and I remember her talking about uh, her son's nighttime friends and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the things that stands out in, in everything that she said was you just never know who you're really hanging out with. You never really know who you're communicating with. You really never know who you're contacting. Sure. And and I you know not everything out there is evil, not everything is bad, not everything not every energy and spirit is out to get you. Mm-hmm. But you got to be careful with that stuff. Yeah. And um so when when she said that it was like, yeah, I that's probably the smartest thing that she, that anybody could say is you just really never know who you're communicating with.
0: Here's a a trivia question. (laughs) I'm thinking of communicating with, would you rather, would you rather uh, play with a Ouija board and not know who you're communicating with? uh, And whatever is going to be there, you know, you can invite it in for an hour and then it's going to be gone. Um, But you have to deal with whatever comes through for that hour. Or, or would you rather put all of your personal information out there over a CB radio? And communicate that way and just key the mic and just keep saying, come on over, come on over, come on over and just, just see who shows up. Well, and you know, my
2: feeling on humans, I think humans are scarier yes. than any kind of spirits that are out there. Yes. So I would definitely go with the one hour of who knows what the hell happens. I think I would too, because I don't want, you know, Billy Bob showing up in a 16 wheeler out front telling me I got a pretty mouth. You there know?
0: was uh, there was a guy, uh I won't say Eddie was his first name. Um he was a guy, he was the the head of that uh um that React team in, okay. in Fond du Lac. He we he we would see him at like all the events where they needed like fake police um to yes. and, and put on, you know, <laughs> nobody could like do anything. Um but uh he remember his vehicle? He he had like ten like um like C B antennas on it. It was it was insane. And he, it was like all those whip
2: antennas. right? Yes,
0: it was like a, it was like a brown station wagon type thing, Um, and it, um, yeah, and that was his, that was like his vehicle, and he, he was so proud of it.
2: Listen, we all have to have something that we have a lot of pride in, and man, I mean, that was like the poor man's Ghostbusters vehicle. Is what that was? My God, it
0: was. I mean, it was almost. I mean, that would have been. You know, it's kind of like in the vein of like Paul Blart mall cop, but this would just be like local, you know, reserve, you know, not even quite police. And just, I could see, like, it being a John Candy-ish type role, you know, from back Completely. in the day. Oh, that would be... Completely. Funny. That would be funny. All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. And EPP, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Real Stories. Until next time, for all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening.